discussing until now new topic of dread or peace dread or tranquility really that's the two parts which lay open in front of us a person can either choose to live his life filled with quietude and serenity or he can or he can uh, choose the pathway of anxiety and stress if he takes the the pathway of serenity, quietitude, so everything in his life will be radically different. And if he dismisses this as 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 a unfair option, so then let's look what the Alto Novalik has to say about this. He comes with and he starts with a with a very radical presumption. And he says the following thing, that he quotes the Navi, Remyal, who says the following words, Cursed is a person who places his faith in man and puts as flesh his strength. And in doing, doing so, from Hashem, he removes his heart. Blessed is the man that trusts in Hashem and uses Hashem as his strength. Now, there's a big Kiddush over here. Let's figure out what they are, says the altar. When you, when you misbeinen in, in Bitochen, you start evaluating what Bitochen is all about. So really, it's, it's, it has in it, it contains a double benefit. The one is the person who is a Baal Bitochen, he has absolute Menuchas nefesh, calm, he's never bothered, he's completely in control of his emotions because there's actually nothing to worry about, there's nothing. So he's completely, completely at peace, inner peace, serenity. Because he's saved from something which is called Pizur HaNefesh. Pizur HaNefesh is when a person can't possibly be together with himself because he needs to do that and he has to control this and this could happen and, and the entire person he's spread out everywhere and his mind's going in this direction in that direction he can never be where he is he can never be at peace with himself and never have any sense of quiet he's always not where he is because there's no bitochen because there's no one to trust him he has to do everything himself and if he has to do everything himself there's so many variables and some of them I can't control some of them I can't the ones that I can't control I have to make sure I'm controlling them because if I don't control them what's going to happen if those that I can't control even those I can't control and therefore he's always in a state of stress and pressure and anxiety. Whereas a person who's a Baal Bittachan, he understands that nothing is in his hands. He understands that Kosh Baruch is in control. And there's nothing that can happen to him that's not pre-decreed. And nothing can go wrong ever. So therefore he feels totally at peace. Complete inner quiet. person has what he needs for today, he doesn't worry, worry about what's going to be tomorrow. Because he's absolutely confident that whatever needs he has, he'll get. And the only reason why a person expends extra effort in chasing after things that he feels that he needs is an illusion and a delusionary way of living life. Radio Cross Book gives you what you need. You don't have to go looking for it. He'll give you. He'll give you everything you need. So what happens when you go looking for it? Stun! You're wasting time. This Baal Bitochen needs nothing. 
and he's also in terms of the way he relates to people the way he relates to people he has a certain sense of confidence power because if I know that Akkadosh Baruch is in control so I don't have to come be psychophantic towards you and I don't have to be scared of you you can't touch me not even one hair on my head can you harm unless Akkadosh Baruch so wills so therefore I don't have to be scared of you I have to be scared of the rabbinish other than what I'm doing but from you I have no fear and you can't give me anything but that which is decreed to me so therefore I don't have to feel any sense of being intimidated by you not even in the tiniest minutest fashion which creates a strength of character which creates integrity when you can do that then you can live a life of a mensch until you can do that you become the spineless fool that bends to the walls of all those around him and because you're too scared to say something to him because maybe he will and because you have to be nice to him because he needs to so you become this psychophantic pathetic golem creature it's my precious going around and looking up how you can get whatever you need from someone else how sad how tragic the situation that we live on living when we have no bitachon yeah yeah. Now you have to understand when the when the altar of Navardak was speaking about these ideas, he wasn't just preaching them like I am. He actually lived them. Um, what happened was during the First World War, the entire Russia was in absolute havoc. They there were basically no 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 f- no commercial trains, no passenger trains. It was all it was all devoted to the army effort. And there was, there was like, it was real danger and it was impossible to get anything done. At that period of time, all the yeshivas came out, closed down. Except for one yeshiva, Navadok. So you think, okay, the fact that he managed to keep the yeshiva going, that's, that's impressive. No. He built an entire network of yeshivas during the First World War. How did he do it? You know, if you got caught walking around, people would assume that you're a spy, a soldier, and you'd get shot. You had to have papers wherever you went. So what did he do? He said to his bochim, I want you to go and study Shiva in this little shtetl. They said, Rebbe, we don't have papers. How can we go there? He says, what do you mean? Can anyone harm you by Hashem? They said, no. So he says, off you go. So off they went. One man was stopped by a soldier. He said, what's your name? He says, my name is Bitochen. Mr. Bitochen. Another man was stopped by a soldier. One of Tommy and Navardok. And um, he said, what are you doing here? He says, um, go and start your shiva. He says, you can't do that. That's illegal. You go back or I'll shoot you. <laughs> you can't shoot me. You can't harm a, a, a hair on my head unless the Creator wills it. The soldier was so taken aback by this bitochen soldier that he said, where do you need to go? I'll guard the place for you. And these stories are, 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 were, were repeated time and time and time and time and time again. Because how can, of course they're true, how can there be anything bigger than Akash Bochu? Only if you want to believe the lie, so then you live in the lie. But if you're big enough to realize it's all a lie, so then you don't become subject to it, you can rise way above it. And therefore, even if something, this is what he's writing safer, but you can see he lived it. Vagami says, if there's an entire state of emergency in the world, it won't bother you in the slightest bit. Um... This is what happened. He said, over here, they, they, they describe what happened. That he, he died shortly after the war. Um, it was towards the end of the war, and um, there was massive fighting going on in the place where he was. 
and he was making he was making a he was making Havdalah and uh, as he was making Havdalah the courtyard where he was, the place where he was sitting was invaded and people were shooting all around him so you can imagine his reaction someone gets shot behind him that's what he did it's all just, it's all just a, an illusion, it can't hurt him the bullets meant to hit him, it will hit him. If it's not meant to hit him, it's, 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 so why, why should he be bothered? Why should he be bothered? So he says that a person will never ever experience fear. You'll never be fear, never scared. There'll be nothing to be scared of. And that as a result, you'll be able to go through your life secure, happy, no sadness, no worries, because you'll never ever lack anything in the present. You will have everything you need in the present. And as for tomorrow, so you know it will all come to you that you need it. And every question which comes to you, you'll solve with the answer of Vitochen. Because what's the control? Why, why try to be clever than the Abishta? And that's why a person has something called Derech Abitochen, he's got a Derech, he's got a way in life. And this way in life, will be defined and guide him in everything he does. Just like a person who, let's say, is a, a power, a man of might. So that, that particular trait will guide him and define his pathway. And as a result, he'll respond to all the threats against him with a mighty response he'll try to control. However, ultimately he can't control everything and he may be vanquished. Whereas a person who's a Baal Bitochen, so nothing ever, ever, ever can, can touch him. Now this is very interesting. You see that there's a very close connection between our state of mind and our state of religiosity. That bitochen is not just a good middle to have because you're from. It completely defines the quality and the dynamic of the situation that you find yourself in. Within the process of life, there are challenges upon challenges. Perhaps one of the most destructive feelings, viewpoints, perspectives that is prevalent in today's world is the mistaken notion, deeply mistaken notion that things will go the way we want them to go. That things will, will work out the way we perceive them to work out in terms of our wants and desires. The Hollywood image of the person that my life is going to be in such a way that my friends will be good to me and kind to me 
and my job will pay me a good salary and my house will be beautiful and located in the right area and my car will never break down and 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 my relationship with my wife will be smooth and cl- people look at life as if it's a lechatchila things work out the way I want them to Chidush number one Rabbi say, life is one big bidi evet lechatchila nothing ever works out Give nothing works out what happens? Your car is never as good as you imagined it to be and it breaks down. Your friends aren't as amazing as you imagined them to be because sometimes they do things that are really upsetting. The course that you take has got downsides that you never expected and the job that you have has got this problem with that problem the boss is not always and your colleague also and the work is nothing actually ever works out the way you want it to. Nothing. The woman you marry isn't the one that you, you didn't even realize that this is the woman you married because after you get married you suddenly realize whoa whoa and she feels the same what's going on here so your life is bitty evet your job is not ideal your car's not ideal your house is not ideal your friends are not ideal your parents aren't ideal your siblings are not ideal nothing is ideal nothing is ideal so now when you realize that you already have a lease on life but until you realize that your life is filled up with constant stress worry, anxiety, and depression. Why? Because <laughs> things are always going wrong. My expectations are always being dashed. They very rarely met. The good time is never as good as I wanted it to be. So my life is filled with frustration after frustration after frustration after frustration. This is one of the proofs that the Mercedes Shrine uses to indicate that it's clear that this is not the world of reward. If this is a world of reward, gosh, Hashem made a great mistake. He says, you look at this world, what is it? It's Tzoros and Mozart, and after all that, what happens? You die. Yeah, there's a statement which is not appropriate to mention, which sums it up. Um, but, that, that's, <coughs> life is hard and then you die. Okay, so, So, so that's, that's Taka the MS. If that's true, how does a person approach his life? So when you approach his life looking for it to fulfill your desires, you come out deeply disappointed. It becomes one exercise of grand frustration. No happiness there. Because <coughs> there's this conflict that always is at battle. I want this and the world says no, wrong. And I want this and the world says I'm not giving it to you. And then I want this and the world again. My life is, and there are moments, I'm not saying every person, depending on who the person is, there are moments when you get what you want, and there's areas of your life that you tucker seem to be getting exactly what you want, but it's, it's never global, never global. There's always these big patches and these dark holes, and so what's a vort? What is a vort? The vort is poshit. Your vision of life and what life is are different. What is life? Life is there to build you, life is there to make you grow. Now, if there's no resistance, you don't grow. If you don't lift heavy weight, you don't get big muscles. There needs to be something going against you that you have to overcome in order to become something. Since life is there to grow, it has to be bidi evet. It can't be lechatchila. Your bed has to be slightly more uncomfortable. Why? Because then you'll learn to overcome the basic creature comforts that hold you back. 
the more creature comforts you become addicted to, the more limited you become, the less your potential for diversity is. For a person that has to sleep with <coughs> his, his pillow, on his mattress, with his quilt, stroke duvet, so what happens when he goes camping? Can't go camping because he can't sleep on the floor and he doesn't have his quilt with him. He can't go traveling because he can't, a person that can only be spoken to in certain terms, but he can't be spoken to like an upfront Israeli may speak to you. Because if we do that to you, so then you'll go away and you'll cry. So that person is limited in his interaction with the kind of people he can speak to. The more you get involved in your creature comfort, the tinier person you become. Small, small, small. You can only do things if all these conditions are met, and there's a whole long list of them. So what are you? You are pathetic. What are you? You are small. What are you? You are limited, restricted, inhibited, crippled. But a person that realizes that life is bidyevid, and that everything is a challenge, he responds with enthusiasm. And when he gets his paper-thin mattress, which causes his back to ache, he goes, Yes, I'm going to overcome mind over matter. I'm going to overcome the pain because I don't need to be limited by this. I can extend myself beyond this. And when he comes across a person that's deeply offensive to him, he doesn't go and curl up in a ball and cry or come out with a series of whole lotion horror declaration about this person and his mother and his mother's mother. Rather, he says, Okay, I'll deal with that. And then the person grows. So essentially, the bidi of life is the most precious possession that we possess. But if you approach it wrong, so then you look at the precious possession as a deficit, as not an asset. How foolish. This is tied into Bitochim. The minute you realize that, so then you realize that Kodesh is your father and he's your coach. And you look at your life and every day, Ki'ilu, to describe it, give you off. He says, "Okay, what can I do to bring this person to the next stage of his development?" Let's think. Okay, he's not ready for a full frontal confrontation of misrapnim, but he can certainly deal with a bit of a tiff at the makolet. Next thing you know, you go to the makolet and you take an apple and you weigh it because there's only one of you, so you need an apple. The way apples weighed, and then as you lift up the apple, you see there's this massive chunk hole in the apple. It's been eaten by a worm. It's rotten. So if I go back to the person in the Makot and say, Slicha, Zelotov, Zelotov. And they look at him and say, Ma Zelotov, Zemamashtov. You say, No, Zelotov, Yeshpo Tolat. Because you're happy that you remember that word, a worm. Ma, Lo, Atolat, Zetov, Zetapuach. Zetov, Zetov. And so on. Um, so if you realize that this is to make you grow, you kind of take a deep breath and you say, Hmm true maybe an apple is good for 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 with the worm inside after all and then you think to yourself wow this is an amazing opportunity because Jews don't eat worms and now by me taking this apple and cutting around it and not eating the worm not only am I eating an apple but I'm showing how I'm fulfilling the world word of the Creator wow this apple has just given me another chunk in my Olamaba of course you could take the other approach which is one second if I bought an apple the apple is mine I have to have the apple so you go back there, and you get into a fight and then your blood pressure rises and then you insult her and then you insult the shopkeeper and then you say I'm never ever going to the shop ever again in my entire life and boom you just cut off another avenue of limitation how sad Bitochen is a crucial ingredient to living life now the altar of Nevada takes it to the next level 
he says you have to realize that your day is so custom made that absolutely everything 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 that happens to you is perfectly and immaculately designed for you for you and therefore everything is essentially there to coax you and to encourage you so sometimes things happen which are completely like undeservingly good for you someone comes up and they give you something say where did that come from it's Hashem giving you a pat on the back and sometimes they're really hard that's your coach coach saying you can do more why are you limiting yourself when you live life that way so every day is exciting every day is a challenge and every day you're in tune and nothing wrong ever happens sometimes it's hard sometimes it's easier but nothing wrong ever happens Kruger Oh, so now it depends. Great. So now this is where you get a fascinating combination of the events and the Torah. So what happens? So now the Torah there's Dalochas. If you bought this apple and this apple was a rotten apple and you are unaware of it so maybe it's called a false sale a mekachtos and therefore the sale was never was never was never um, valid and hence you have no obligation to keep this and you can get your money back but then it depends because it could depend on the fact that you have a chance to look over the apple and if the worm was on the outside so that was your own negligence you bought this apple it wasn't that someone's putting the wool over your eyes so they're halochas so the, 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 there's this incredible integration between what occurs to me and how I respond to it through the Torah. Now, the minute that that becomes, let's say, also for you to demand your money back, you should just say, okay, that's cool. If it's mutter that you can and you get into a fight, then you can have a choice to go above and beyond the letter of the law and say, I'm not, gonna, I'm not willing to, to get into a Tadin Torah for this. And, or you can choose to pursue it depending on your Nisayan at the time but this is actually one of the this, this approach is it's, it's very strange but at, this, at the core of this approach lies the threat of Avodah Zorah let's say not approaching life this way the, the original Avodah Zorah was a very strange kind of Avodah Zorah when the Rambam describes it in um, the laws of Avodah Zorah the way he describes the Avodah Zorah they sound like quite from Oaks from a mansion what do they do? He said as follows. They said, there's a Rebbeinu Shalom. And the Rebbeinu Shalom is magnificent and great and wonderful and superb. And he's employed the different his emissaries to act on his behalf. The sun, the moon, the stars. And therefore, surely, surely, we should give honor to the king's servants as we give honor to the king. That's all they did. There was no disbelief in God. There was just we have to give honor, and they're not that they, they're independent, they're servants. But we have give, to give honor to the servants as we do to the king. Now, does that sound like a void desire to you? Sounds quite kosher. Says the Rambam, that's the Ikra void desire. That's where it's all bad. That's the root of it. Why? Why? There's a fundamental principle that we have. Why do these people start giving honor to these? mysteries of Hashem at a certain level they saw an element of separation when I'm giving honor to the king I don't give separate honor to the king's toe I realize it's all the king himself so I approach the king directly 
and then start speaking to his knee it's all a part of the king the minute you make even the most delicate of differences between the Bria and the Boye you're in trouble and there's another thing which Rebbechaim Vulajna points out he says that the reason why this happened was because people thought was like such a noble thought God is so high and mighty why would he waste his time and be involved in my personal trivial matters surely that can't be what he's interested in rather God is way way above there and the lower emissaries deal with the day-to-day running of things that is a desire because that implies that even the way I wink my eye is not of deep spiritual significance and that's rubbish because it is every one of my actions from the most elevated to the most mundane falls into the parameter of Avedis Hashem and therefore his interest lies in the way I brush my hair and going to the bathroom as much as it does with putting on filling and learning to every aspect of my life is saturated with Avedis everything there's not a milli 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 trillimeter that's not and therefore that basic belief of that every single thing in my life is mushkach it's guided it's specifically designed for me in my world is a fundamental facet of the Jewish faith and the response to living life that way it's called talking. and the benefit it has of course apart from eternal bliss is even in my day-to-day life things pan out so differently when I have this attitude to when I have the attitude is that it's me against the world it's my will what I want and the world keeps on rejecting it and I keep it and that's why the Gemara says when a person gets angry it's like worshipping idols why? why is it like worshipping idols? because it's quite simple anger is when my will is obstructed by an external factor I want there to be schnitzels in the lunchroom and they're not this is ridiculous I want to get to work on time and there's a traffic jam how dare they what is the model that allows that emotion to occur the model works as follows because I want it it will be so who do I put at the center of the creation myself if I want it to be then it will be that ludicrous thought pattern is akin to Avodah and who's the idol that I'm worshipping? my own will a person who gets angry it's an indication that he hasn't yet left over the world to be run by Hashem he still is thinking in his mistaken thought notions that he's in control he's the one bizarre, absurd but we all do it we all do it we all live in that distorted image of reality the minute the person comes over to the other side and he realizes that there's not a single thing that happens which isn't the rotten Hashem why is there ever room to get angry? this is meant to happen it's meant to be this way not like I think that no, it's meant to be the way I want it and now it's not and that's ridiculous how dare they? rather oh, okay that's what it's meant to be it's great there's meant to be a traffic jam right now and I'm meant to be late and I'm meant to miss that vitally important business meeting that is crucial for my career now I could think oh, I wonder why it's never thought it's a different line it's a different line as it says in the Pasuk meaning 
he's Baruch, the person that's Poitach Bashem, he's Baruch, he's blessed. He has everything. And Hashem is his securance. Meaning, he has someone to rely on, someone who is eternal. And therefore, his Bitochen is not fluc- doesn't fluctuate, it's not suspect, it's not subject to change. Because whatever happens, whatever alters, so there's a certain solidity to the who to whom he trusts. Yet the person <coughs> that trusts in the world and that needs to gain appreciation from those around him and he can't get a job unless he batters this person up. So that person, he has two problems. First of all, he has the problem of Pizura Nefesh. He's going to be all over the place because there's so many things to worry about because there's so much going on and they have to do this and they have to do that and they have to do this otherwise, otherwise, otherwise. So he'll, he'll be constantly filled with fear and woe. And then the other thing is he'll be every moment of his life trying to chase after his desires and to live his life and uh, it bodes for a life filled with deep frustration and disquiet. Because the truth is, once you have this perspective, so even the people that you trust in, but they also, they trust in other people. So you can't even trust in them, because maybe they're just a vessel to him who's a vessel to him who's a... etc. etc. So I think that's a very, very interesting way of exploring it. It's a very interesting idea that Bitochen and seeing the world this way is not a singular good middle to have, but it's a, a radically different way of living life. Of course, the, the question is, okay, well, that's, that's great, we like your vote, right? Um, but uh, how, do we, how do we get there? I mean, how does one increase the Bitochen? I mean, the world presents itself in a particular way, and it's almost as if the person has to do to see the deeper level and it's hard to see the deeper so it could be and maybe this is how we'll explore this further it could be it depends on how one sees the eye is a is a very powerful mechanism now the eye the Kohele says can never ever be satisfied you can never satisfy the eye what does that mean? the eye is an interesting part of, a, of, a, of who we are um, the eye can only see something outside of myself. Have you ever, ever tried to look at your own eyes without a mirror? It's extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. But your eye is very good at seeing things outside of you. Satisfaction comes from when I have something. The things that I see I can never have. By definition, they'll always be outside of me. The things that I see stimulate inside of me desires and wants. And they do it, they make me, they give me a want to have that, get there, do that. And it will never be a part of me, by definition. So the I can never ever be satisfied. Because it will always find something new to look at. And by definition, that new thing will not be a part of me, and can't be a part of me. And therefore I'll always have this gaping hole inside, and therefore I'll never be satisfied. The I can never be satisfied. Never. So we're almost in a bit of a catch-22 situation. We're built in such a way that everything we look at, which provides a fascination for us, which provides a 
stimulation for us and we want it, so we'll never get it. But even if we get it, so then our eyes will see something else. So it could be that the first pathway to getting Tochen is to learn a new way of seeing. Wouldn't there eventually be the, the ultimate satisfaction? No. Because if you have everything. No, because there's always more to see. You can never have everything. You can always see something more. Just one okay, we'll discuss it further. We'll discuss about Alexander Mokton of Macedonia that conquered the world and then tried to conquer and then, and then tried to conquer Gun Aden and what happened there and why they gave him an eyeball. How strange.